Welcome to our, our Holy Week services today. I'm glad that you're here. If you're watching this by live stream, I'm glad that you're live streaming with us. And uh, this is, every day is going to be special. Today's extra special because we have um, like our, our, our long lost prodigal daughter has returned uh, to, to be our speaker for today. Uh, no, I, I, I'll introduce her in just a minute. Uh, but I want to just say welcome to you, and I want to give you a special invitation to stay and to eat after this service um, upstairs with us in the gathering room. The, the menu today is lasagna, which sounds pretty good, doesn't it? So, so just, just be thinking about how much you're going to love that lasagna after you go through this service, and you're, you're welcome to, to stay. Everyone's welcome to stay and eat with us. Um, we're going to... Um, Stand together and sing hymn number 359, and you can um, you can look along there. I think the words will be up on the screen. Alas, and did my Savior bleed? Will you stand with me?
seated. After we have our prayer, uh, we're going to get to hear some special music today. And our special musician today is our choir director, J.T. Harrell. You've heard him sing before. Uh, today must be Needs No Introduction Day because you don't need an introduction for Tammy Jackson and you don't need an introduction for J.T. So I'm looking forward to hearing both of them. Um, will you join me as we go to the Lord in prayer? Our gracious and merciful Heavenly Father, as we enter into this somber week, it's filled with both grief and joy, uh, which is reflective of our lives. Because every one of us uh, has moments of joy and moments of grief. We, we can't just have one or the other. And we walk through this week, Lord, remembering the steps that you took. And we pause each day to think about that. So, Lord, this Holy Week, may it be holy for us in that it is set apart, in that it is different, and that it is special. Open our hearts and our minds, not only to the music and the powerful message behind that, but to the message that Tammy will bring us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
make me feel like a rock star <laughs> because I get such a welcome. <laughs> know that the feeling is mutual. I love all of you and it is good to be with you today. Um, but as I looked over the readings for this week in scripture, the readings for Monday include a story from the Gospel of John of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus having a party for Jesus in their home. Their home was in Bethany, just outside of Jerusalem. It would be like having a friend in Rainbow City when you need to go to Gadsden for something. You always stay with the friend. Remember that we are riding the high, the wave of the triumphal entry on Sunday with the palm branches and the cloaks, and Mary, Martha, and Lazarus say, y'all come on back to our place, and let's spend a little time with Jesus. And it is at that party that Mary, the sister who has sat at Jesus' feet, does what she does. And Martha, the sister who serves, does what she does, entertaining and being hostess to all of them. And Lazarus, who is once again alive because of Jesus, does what he does and plays the grand host to them all. But Mary gets that precious possession of expensive perfume and she breaks it open and she anoints Jesus in preparation for what's coming this week because Mary knows that among all the shouts of Hosanna blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord there is a cross coming she may not know it's the cross she may not know exactly how it will unfold but something in her tells her something's coming those who were listening, whose spirits were listening, knew something is different about this trip to Jerusalem. The 11th chapter of the Gospel of Mark tells us that Jesus set his face for Jerusalem to do what he came to do. I chose for my text this morning not the Gospel reading, but the reading out of Psalms. And I want to share it with you from a little bit of an obscure translation. But I invite you to hear the voice of God speaking to us in these words of Holy Scripture. But you, O Lord, your mercy seat is limitless, reaching higher than the highest heavens. Your great faithfulness is infinite, stretching over the whole earth. Your righteousness is immovable, just like the mighty mountains. Your judgments are as full of wisdom as the oceans are full of water. Your tender care and kindness leave no one forgotten, not a man or even a mouse. Oh God, how extravagant is your cherishing love. All humans can find a hiding place under the shadow of your wings. All may drink of the anointing from the abundance of your house. All may drink their fill from the rivers of Eden. The fountain of life flows from you to satisfy me. In your light of holiness, we receive the light of revelation. O oh Lord, keep pouring out your unfailing love on those who are near you. Release more of your blessings to those who are loyal to you. Don't let these proud boasters trample us down. 
This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The psalm reading spoke to me because this is a difficult week for us. It is our high holy day approaching. This is what our faith is always about. It's not nearly as easy and comforting as Christmas Eve and holding the candle and singing Silent Night. That feels wonderful. The things of Holy Week involve an arrest and a beating and dragging a cross up a hill and an agonizing hours on a cross and a body laid in a tomb. And we get the benefit of looking back with more than 2,000 years worth of benefit to knowing that there is a resurrection coming and a Sunday. Oh, but to be among those there who didn't know what was coming, for whom it looked all over. What do we do now? I guess we lick our wounds, we gather our stuff, and we slowly make our way home. Like those disciples that Jesus encounters on the Emmaus Road who don't recognize him until they share bread together. I don't know about you, but these last few years have been difficult years. A lot of loss, a lot of grief, a lot of difficulty coming our way. The world looks so very different than it did before. I used to really envy my children because they don't remember a time before 9-11. My older son recently saw a movie, he was watching an oldie, and you were able to meet your people right at the gate coming off the airplane. And he's like, well, that's not realistic. <laughs> and I said, no, honey, but it used to be. The world has changed. COVID the changes in our culture, the polarization of our society, the difficulty within our own denomination, it feels as though the grief will never end, as though it has beaten us down, like that very last verse out of the psalm. And even as we go through the events of this week and focus on the life of Jesus, it can be so easy to focus on the negative Look at those horrible Jewish leaders and how they are jealous of Jesus and they want to maintain power and control. Look how mean they are. Look at the Roman Empire and how they have to maintain control. They'd rather murder somebody than have them challenge their authority. Look at Pilate who doesn't have the guts to stand up. The guards who make fun of this prophet and anointed one of God. We look at the disciples, how can they have traveled with him, been with him for nigh on three years and just abandoned him at this moment? How do they walk away? How can they still not understand this is what he came to do? It can be so easy to focus on that. But what we must focus on is the love the unending, never relenting, steadfast to the last moment love of God, the love of God that never fails, that never gives up, absolutely never runs out. Because love is what overshadows and overrides everything else in this story. What began on a Christmas Eve started as a love story for God so loved.
this world, you and I and everybody who disagrees with us and all the sinners, all the people who've rejected him, God so loved each and every one of those. But Jesus put off heaven, put on flesh and came as a tiny baby to grow and live and walk among us. All that teaching that he did, he did out of love. All the lack of understanding. He knew the crowds came to see the show. He knew they came to see the healings. But he knew that in the crowd, it was the heart that was being touched and changed. All the crowd pressing in was worth it for the one woman who reached out and touched the edge of his robe, seeking what she knew God had for her. The majority of the world around us may play at faith. It may check the box that they're Christian. And they haven't been in the presence of God in the longest amount of time. God still loves them. The events of this week happened for them as much as they happened for us. And it's easy to forget that sometimes we are the disciples who abandon God. At that moment when it's unpopular with the crowd to say, I don't think that's the loving thing to do. I don't think that's the kind thing to do. That feels a little more like the self-serving thing to do when we don't yet have the courage to raise that voice. Jesus still loves even us. I often want to blame those disciples for not being able to see. How could you not see all of that prophecy coming together? You were the ones who grew up in synagogue school learning to quote from the Old Testament. How can you not see it? And yet I am reminded that day after day after day, I often fail to see the opportunity Jesus places right in front of me as well. That for all of my moments before God, I too fail to see how his plan is unfolding and I am invited to be a part of it. But everywhere we look, there is love and there is the result of love. The extravagant gift of perfume poured out on Jesus is an act of Mary's love. Martha's frenzy in the kitchen and hostessing, that's an act of love. We know that one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, looks back and goes, huh, we could have sold that perfume for like 300 denarii. Think how many people we could have fed with that. We're also told his motivation had nothing to do with actually wanting to care for the poor. But somebody's motivation probably had to do with actually caring for the poor. And we are reminded that love expresses itself in a multitude of different ways. For Mary, it was pouring it out extravagantly on Jesus. An act of love for what is coming in the week ahead. For others, it would be giving their most precious thing to see others have enough. Jesus knows what's coming. He knows they will abandon him. He knows they still don't get it. And yet he continues to share the week with them, 
to share meals and conversations, to walk around Jerusalem. He doesn't let the accolades of the parade swell his head. He understands. That was a high moment. A majority of that crowd now expected him to overthrow the Roman government and make it all good again. And Jesus knew that that was not the good he was going to make it. He understood that love gets poured out. He understood that love gets tired and collapses in a garden and says, Father, I know this is what we agreed to. I know, but are we sure there's not another way? Because this is hard. This is hard stuff. Many days I roll out of bed to face more emails, more comments, more people who aren't in my pews anymore, comments on Facebook where people are rejecting the church, yet another scandal in some church somewhere, and I think, oh God. Are you sure there's not another way? And God says, no. Greater is me in you than he that is in the world. I'm reminded of the verse that says, God is love. Not just that God is loving, but God is love. God's very character and nature, and that spills over through us. Love is always the way forward. Far too often in grief, our grief, when the tears dry, becomes anger. We're much more comfortable with anger than we are grief and sadness, and we want to get angry. We want to get angry at the people who aren't here, angry at the people who say bad things, angry at the people who have hurt us. But the example of our Savior is always love. To the disciples who abandoned him, to the guards who beat him, to the guards and the thieves who mocked him, it was always love. It was never anything else in the face of Jesus, not then and not now, but love for you. The steadfast love of the Lord extends to the highest heights. It is our precious, precious gift. As we experience our grief and walk with Jesus through the events of this week, may we always, always see the love of God poured out for us. When we sing, alas, and did my Savior bleed, it was with every drop of blood that he said, I love you. I love you all. Let us pray. Most gracious and loving God, how amazing it is that your love extends beyond our ability to comprehend. It extends beyond the limits of our minds. You always are drawing us toward you and toward love. We know that you care about our grief, about what burdens us, about what feels like it is beating us down. 
and you simply wrap us in your arms, you pick us up, you turn your face with loving kindness on us and dry our tears. Remind us that when the world kicks us, rejects us, our response is always love because our response is your response. We are the body of Christ today. Help us to always lead with love. Help us to commit to love and teach us to see the world as you see it with your amazing eyes of love. We give you thanks for this time together, for the ability to come and celebrate this week, to sit in your presence and feel your spirit talk to us. Send us forth now into fellowship as we share a meal together. Bless the food we receive and the hands that have prepared it. May it nourish our bodies as we use our bodies to serve and glorify you, being your ambassadors to the world. As we ask in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Tammy, and thank you, JT. Thank you, Rhonda. Thank you, Sheila. Everybody wave at Sheila back there. So, and I appreciate all of you for coming and joining us. Tammy already said the blessing. She, uh, she just took care of that. So let me just give you a couple of housekeeping things if, if you're not familiar with how our church is laid out. If you go through this door, go down, you can take the elevator or the stairwell up to the second floor. Gathering room is there. The meal is, is $5, uh, but it'll be the best $5 meal you can get in town. I'm gonna tell you that right now. And the fellowship will be good too, so I hope you can stick around for that. God bless you, thanks. I've got one of these and my